When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. God, Sharp Tongue Podcast. I feel so bad that it's been delayed a few days. My assistant, Elizabeth Perez, who usually handles my podcast for me, edits and all of that, puts it together nicely so that the music doesn't stop abruptly like it did last week when I had to edit the podcast myself. Um, She's been out of town. Her and her girlfriend went to Alaska. I don't know who told her she could have a fucking vacation, but she left me and abandoned me. She's sending me pictures of humpback whales and I'm sending her pictures of hard drive files being deleted because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Um, So she's been on vacation. So I apologize for the lateness and the uh, unorganization. I am not a technological person, people. I am a creative soul. I can organize my grocery shopping list. I can organize, you know... uh, what outfit I'm going to wear when it comes to musical arrangements and garage band, I can't fucking handle it. And if I hear one more person go, it's foolproof. Fuck you. Okay. It's not foolproof. It's full, full. It's full of fools. So eat a dick. I can't handle it. I was crying and punching my keyboard. So that's my up top, top of the hour apology for the past two weeks being a little shifty. And it happened the same thing when I was in Italy. The connections were all fucked up. I couldn't get her the information. So listen, we're going to get into a studio soon and make this shit easier for everybody, okay? Um, So I hope that you guys won't storm the castle with torches. Maybe I want you to storm the castle with torches. I think that might be kind of dope. I could turn into Frankenstein... I am I am Frankenstein. I feel like I'm Frankenstein right now because I haven't washed my hair in about four days. <laughs> oh my God. Labor Day happened. I went out on a date. <gasps> Record stop. Yeah, I went out on a date. First real date that I've had in, I can't even tell you the last time I had a date. If, if you build it, they will come. Nobody came, but I, you know, went on a date. I'm, I'm a lady. I don't do all that stuff on the first date. Um, it was a delightful date. The fell and I had a, a lot of chemistry. And he's successful and sweet. And we get along well. I'm sure I'll find human remains in his backyard. But, you know, for now it's going good. We'll see what happens. We went out to eat. We had a little sushi and we also had some cocktails. I looked so good. I looked so cute. You guys can't even handle the cuteness. Oh my god. Woo, I looked cute. A little black. I put on a dress. I put on a dress, motherfuckers. I did my makeup. I shaved my crotch. I shaved my crotch. 
<laughs> See, this is a thing. I wasn't going to sleep with him on the first date. I'm not even going to sleep on the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh date because I'm going to try and extend this out. You can't get your numbers up on some asshole who doesn't deserve it. A, girls, don't just throw the cat around the room because you think he's going to fall in love with you. No, he's not going to fall in love with you. He's going to fall in love with your pussy. And you know what the world is full of? A lot of pussy. So keep your secret until you feel like he deserves it. And even, you know, after that, he may not deserve it. But at least you held on to your dignity as long as you could. Don't throw your cat around the room. Try and hold off if you want something serious. I'm not saying it's bad to go around and fuck around. But, you know, your expectations have to be a little bit lower at that point. So, I shaved my crotch. Back to that. (laughs) Not thinking I was going to give it up to him, but just, like, feeling sexy is important, I think. Like, I can't go on a date if I got hair everywhere. I'm just going to feel like I'm a total disaster. I'm going to feel like a fraud. I shaved my legs. I even shaved the big toe. My big toe is starting to get a little Sicilian hair on it. I gave it a little on my big toe. I'm just kidding. But there's Sicilian hair on my big toe. I didn't shave my big toe, but I thought about it. Now looking at it, I might have to shave it before our second date. There's a couple rogue hairs on that toe. Um, I did shave my legs, shaved my armpits. I put on oil, like nice smelly oils that smelled nice. Not smelly. They were aromatic oils. Um... I took like an hour to get ready. I felt like such a girl. I put on heels. <gasps> Stop it. You can't handle it right now in the car listening to this. Oh my God. I put on heels. Fuck. I really pulled out all the stops and my, my legs were looking good. Carlin and I go walking every morning. So my legs are looking all cute. Ooh, I felt good. And then the date went well. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe I don't need to be a jaded cunt. I'm not letting go of that card. You know, I'm keeping that in my side pocket. I'm not, don't completely, you know, being a little jaded isn't bad. It protects you. A little bit of jaded attitude is self-preservation. You can't go all out. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. You got to keep a couple for yourself. Keep a couple jaded eggs in your back pocket. Those will keep your heart safe. (laughs) Yeah, I had a good time. We had a fun time. Just a couple of kids going out on a proper date. We both went home to our own places after that. And we're going to go on another date. I got date number two. Possibly tonight. We'll see what happens. I mean, I could be Mrs. So-and-so. I told, I tell every dude, and this is my, my platform, if you get with me, you're going to have to take my last name. There's no fucking way. I'm going to take some other dude's last name. What kind of bullshit is that? Especially because my father has three daughters. He doesn't have any sons to carry on his hairy-ass Sicilian legacy. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to let my father's name die with me. Fuck you. Be Mr. Peluso or move the fuck on. Okay? (laughs) Be Mr. Peluso and be fucking happy with it, okay? Because I bring a lot to the table. And that's what you girls have to realize. One of my really good friends, Laura Murphy, everyone, if you listen to this podcast regularly, you know who she is. If you don't, she's the director of Girl Code, who's one of my closest friends. She told me, when you go out with a guy, he should be impressing you. And I believe in that. I mean, I believe both of you need to bring a little to the table. But as a woman, don't just think that you have to give it all up and rush to get him to like you 
there are a lot of the, when it comes down to the ratio of men to women in this world and the accessibility that men have to a lot of women, there's no co- competition. We're fucked. We are so fucked. But in the moment, if you get these little moments like I had where you go out on a date and you put all the effort in and you bring your A game to the table where you're looking good, your legs are shiny, you're smart, you've got your own shit going on, you have a job, you're, you're career driven. When you bring all that shit to a table, make the dude also have to fluff his feathers for you. He should impress you. And if he impresses you, buy into the stock. Why would we treat relationships any different than we do when we go to get a car? When you go get a car, you look at the features. You're like, well, I don't like this car. It doesn't have automatic windows. Why are you sucking a dick if it doesn't have automatic windows? Power locks. Why are you giving up your pussy if there are no power locks? What are you doing? Level out the playing field. Get those features that you want. They are available. Like I said, have a little bit of jaded in your back pocket, but you got to be realistic and realize that there is somebody out there. I don't believe in a soulmate, but I'm saying when you go out on a date, let the dude impress you. You got heated seats? Well, that might get you in my butthole. (laughs) Speaking of heated seats, I'm going to let you into the heated seat if you have all the features I need, okay? So I was very happy with this date. But then again, I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket, you know? I'm a lady on the move. I'm a, you know, I'm a working woman. I have a career. So hopefully he can, he can uh, handle that. We'll see. It's early. It's too early to tell. I'm not going to go, you know, bunnies on a stove crazy. <laughs> That's a fatal attraction reference. Glenn Close, um, uh, Michael Douglas. 80s, no big deal. Check it out. Great movie. Uh, shows shows women as, you know, crazy obsessive whores. But whatever. No big deal. We're fine. We're okay with it. Uh, yeah, so I'm excited about my date. I'll keep you guys updated on my date, Jesse May's dating life. I, um, I was, yesterday I worked all day long. I was taping a segment for the uh, soup which, with Joe McHale, which was a lot of fun. I can't say what it was for. I, I was limited in what I could put out on social media. I had to take a couple things down because I gave away too much shit. But if you check my Instagram and all of that soon, you you'll, you guys will see the sketch. I don't know when it's going to be up, but it was hilarious. And Joel and I worked on it and a bunch of other people. Great, great crew that they have at the soup. We had so much fun. It was like a thousand degrees and we were in a house filming with very little to no air conditioning. So... You motherfuckers better like this sketch because I literally was sweating my balls off doing it. (laughs) Um, I had a great Labor Day. You know, I I don't really get to celebrate a lot of holidays. Usually I'm working, but I invited Marcella Arguello over to my apartment. I have a really cute little pool area. I invited Thomas Dale and Justin Martindale, all comedians. Thomas and Marcella have obviously been on this podcast. Justin will be on the podcast soon. All very funny, hilarious. We, we just it's pure debauchery. We were just smoking weed and drinking. We made micheladas, hung out by the pool. Justin did a death drop into my pool. Check my Instagram. The video was hilarious. <laughs> we had a damn good day. We literally smoked weed and drank all day long. And I felt like a normal person. It felt nice to just to have my friends with me, just hanging out, you know, 
chilling, not thinking about anything. It, it, it was dope. It was just, it was very delightful. And then we watched a couple really great movies I'll talk about after the interview. And so I can suggest them to you guys. We watched a documentary and an old school movie from the eighties. Um, and then last week I visited my family after my ATL, after I recovered from Atlanta, barely recovered from Atlanta. And I had my college gig at, at UConn. I drove, I surprised my family. I drove from university of Connecticut to Syracuse. I rented a car Drove about three and a half hours with Fozzie Bear and walked in. I, my sister didn't even know I was coming. No one knew I was coming besides my brother and my soon to be brother in law and his son. Those two knew I was coming because I know they're um, responsible adults that can keep a secret. So I told them. And so Steve, my, my f- soon to be brother in law, we scheduled him to pick me up at the airport and he told Emily that he was picking up his sister and she picked me up. She didn't even know it was going to be me, but she pulls up and was like, ah, you know, we hug at the airport, Hancock airport, Syracuse's international airport with two terminals and a pizza, like uh, one pizza oven. It's the weirdest fucking airport ever. Actually, now they're starting to get some more businesses in the airport. It's the smallest thing. There's like five gates but I surprised my family and uh, we, she, they drove me to my mom's house and Steve had organized for my dad to come over to my mom's place and for us to have dinner. And they didn't even know I was going to be there. It was so sweet. And so um, I have Fozzie with me. So I, I figured let Fozzie go in the house first because they'll be really confused. Like, how the fuck is Fozzie here? And Jesse May is not. So we let him up the stairs and I hear my dad go, who, what's Fozzie doing here? And then I'm like, Hey, what's up family? We all cried. I cried for about 20 minutes. I, I feel like I want to cry right now. Just even thinking about it. Um, it was really nice. I hugged my mom and we cried like babies. That's the only thing that really like certain things make me cry uncontrollably. It's when I think about my family and having to be away from them. That makes me so upset. Um, but, you know, other things, obviously, social injustice and things that go on in the world and people dying. Those two things make me cry. That and the Kardashians. Those three things are the things that hit me emotionally. <laughs> All equally as damaging to me, by the way. Um, so it just was really great. You know, we I was there for four days. I didn't do anything. But I mean... I did try and figure out the podcast. That was one I spent like seven hours because my computer got a virus. I don't know how the fuck a Mac gets a virus, but my computer got a virus and I was trying to figure out my podcast in the middle of all of that. So it was, that was the only day I had to do work. It was like seven hours of troubleshooting and figuring stuff out. So other than that, I stayed home in my childhood home that I grew up in the room I grew up in. That's where I stay when I go to Syracuse. Um, and I just spent quality time with my family. You know, we, my mom has a pool and we just hung out. We drank, we ate, talked about old times. I was really excited to podcast with all of them. It was hard to sort of sit down with each one individually because I just wanted to be with them all together because it's been since last Christmas that I was able to do that. So, you know, it was just really, really nice to spend time with my family they're like they're they're the con the one constant thing that I have that I've really grown to 
appreciate and value. Um, so it just was, it was great. It was great. I got to see my nieces. My oldest sister has twins. My, my niece and nephew, she has twins, a boy and a girl that are um, six years old now. So, and I never see them. So they don't even know me. It's so weird to have family that doesn't know you. That's, that's a hard thing when you go home and you have like a niece and nephew and they're like, who's this fucking weirdo? And I'm like, yeah, right. (laughs) It's so weird. Um, we went out and had a little dinner with them. And then I took my dad to a horror movie. That's my dad and I, that's our jam. I, I told you guys, you know, when he calls me, we talk all the time, my father and I and my mother. My mother and I text more, but my dad and I talk on the phone because my dad has fat Sicilian sausage fingers and he can't function with his stupid LG flip cell phone. He, he can't text anymore. So we talk on the phone a lot. And one of the things that he always does is he always calls me whenever he watches really bad horror movies or any sort of horror movie in general. And he'll leave me a message telling me what it was and I got to watch it. And so it's just been our thing since I was a kid. I love horror movies. You guys know that if you listen to this podcast regularly, I just love them. And I get that love from my father and I never get to take him to the movies. Going to the movies is one of my favorite things to do. It's like my Zen. I just love going to, to any kind of movie really, but horror movies specifically. And so we went to see Sinister 2 and I'll talk about that when he's on the podcast next week, I interviewed him as well. I got a little bit longer of an interview with him, but it was nice to do that. Yeah. So I guess the way I can break down my family, there's a lot, I have interrelational connections within my family. It's, it's, you know, that modern family where you have five different step relations between children and parents and half sisters and stepsisters. So my mom and my dad, my mom, Nancy, my dad, Joseph, Giuseppe, Peluso, had my sister, Emily, and I. And my dad had a wife before that, Joan, that was his first wife, and he had Chris and Karen, who are my older half-sisters, because we share a father. My mother, after she split from my father, married a man who had two daughters, whom I have known since I was about three years old, a.k.a. the neighbor's father that my mother moved in after she kicked my dad out, he had two daughters, Krista and Lindsay. So those are my stepsisters. And um, that's pretty much the breakdown. So at one point, you know, I had Chris and Karen, my two half sisters. I have Emily and I had Lindsay and Krista. And those were, that was my family dynamic for the longest time growing up between 17 failed marriages. (laughs) It was always hilarious whenever I had a boyfriend who came home for the holidays with me. Because I would visit everyone's household. When we were younger, at one point when my grandparents were all alive, my grandfather had two families at once as well. And my father and I get into that. We'll get into that next week on the episode. We talk about my de- my grandpa's family. So he had two families. So on Christmas, for over 10 years, my Christmas would look like this. I'd wake up at my mom's house. My dad would come pick me up. We would drive with my sister Emily a block and a half down the street to where his first wife, Joan, lived and see her and her two daughters. Then we'd drive a half a mile down the street to where my grandfather's second wife lived to see her and their six children, my six aunts and uncles. And then we'd drive from there to my dad's, that was my dad's stepmother's house, Doris, that we went to. And then we would drive from Doris's to Geneva, New York, which is about an hour outside of Syracuse, east of Syracuse. And we would 
go there to see my grandma Jean, who was my father's biological mother, to see her and my aunt Carmela and um, my uncle Louie. That was my Christmas morning. <laughs> and then I would come back home to my mom's house and hang out with my ex-stepdad Steve and his two daughters, Krista and Lindsay. So comedy, am I right? Stand-up comedy. <laughs> It was a very colorful upbringing and very, you know, dramatic and uh, traumatic and interesting. So that is, that's how I grew up. And so now everything's kind of cool. My mom is cool with my dad, which is amazing. She has him come over and which is just so, as a child of divorced parents, having your parents fight is such an added stress. And anybody out there who's going through a breakup and has children or is divorcing or is divorced just keep that in mind man the one thing that you should be protecting aside from your fucking assets are your children those are your those are the most invaluable assets that you will ever have your entire life let the fucking fuck the house fuck all this bullshit all this monetary bullshit that you have to worry about worry about your children my parents did a pretty good job because there wasn't much of a battle between the two of them. There was joint custody. My mother never prevented my father. At any time I wanted to see my dad, I saw my dad. The only issue was the nature of my parents separating and, and my neighbor's father moving into the house with me there at such a young age. That was pretty damaging. And the, the flip side of it is it gave me a career. That was definitely one of the moments in my life that I think projected me into this comedic view on life, you know, sort of dissecting things and turning them into something funny because, you know, the truth of, of living was painful for me at that age because of how my family was divided. So I, I turned to comedy because of that. So ironically, I'm happy about it because I'm here. I wouldn't be on this podcast had my mom not moved in the neighbor's dad. So thank you. <laughs> you know, you have to turn you have to turn it around at some point. So I regardless of that being a horrible thing, it's still there's light at the end of the divorce tunnel. <laughs> my parents were were great, you know. Even though they had their issues individually and some issues with each other, they were able to raise us without too much drama between the two of them. I don't remember a lot of that. So you know, my mom had three husbands. Here's my mom's math. She had three husbands, two daughters, and about 57 boxes of wine <laughs> a day. <laughs> That's Nancy's math. Yeah, she met two of her husbands at a bar. She met her most recent boyfriend, Bob, at a bar. My mom, where are you going, Fozzie? Don't even think about it. My mom does not F around. She don't fuck around. She's she's a grown-ass woman. If she wants to meet a man in a bar, she will meet a man in the bar. She was a hot piece. And she still does look good. She's almost 70 years old. She looks good. Um, and In this episode, I got to talk to my mom, which, you know, it, for me, because of what happened is me being a child and, and my dad leaving the house and the neighbor's dad moving in, I definitely harbored a little resentment towards her and her and I have had our tension throughout the years and trying to find our footing and where our relationship um, fits 
between each other and, and trying to figure out how to communicate with one another. There definitely were battles and shifts within our relationship together. And we're in a good place right now. You know, we, we are able to talk to each other more now. And, you know, there's still room for growth, but I'm just fortunate that we're able to talk about these things. Like I had my mom on the podcast and I was a little worried because she's reserved. She's more of a classy lady. My father's like the fart guy and my mother's just classier. And so I, I definitely was nervous about poking and prodding her, but I know her, you know, she's my mother. So I know where those limitations lie. And I also know how to make her laugh to make her open up a little bit more. So I, I used my skills. <laughs> I used my manipulation skills to try and make her a little bit more malleable within a conversation. And it worked. And, you know, we weren't able to talk for as long as I wanted to. Like I said, I had limited time with my family and I just wanted to spend time with them. And when I'm back home for the holidays, I'm going to get into more stuff because both my parents have crazy upbringings and neither of them went to college. And, you know, my father's a gambler and my mother's obviously had issues with relationships. So there's just so much there that I think by sharing it, it can bring some peace to other people who have gone through that and realize, yeah, we all have our shit. Our parents are just people, you know, we can idolize them into a certain point And then we're like, oh, fuck, they're just like me. So, you know, it, it, this episode's great. My mom talks about my dad's pickup line. She remembers the first thing my father ever said to her, which blows my mind because she was in a bar. So she was sober enough to remember what my dad said to her, his opening line. I just think that's so great and they remember where they met to me that history my parents history is so vital to me because it it represents you know the moment where I was created and these two people coming together and it makes you realize more about yourself like how they were in those moments when they met each other and you can see yourself in that and it's just it's kind of it makes you feel less alone it it, it makes you realize that how close you can be with your parents if you just take away your resentment and, you, and, and your emotions about the past and you realize that you are mirror images of each other. So talking to my mom really opened my eyes to some of my own issues. Um, but she's, she's funny, man. I, I wish I had more time with her. She's very loving and sarcastic and smart. I've only heard her fart like twice in my whole life. That's not an exaggeration. I've talked about it it's a horrible thing. You don't, you don't ever, I think farting regularly is much better because you get those cookies that have been baking for about two decades and you don't want to be anywhere near their trajectory. You got to get out of the way. You're going to lose skin. Skin will be peeling. Um, but I think her and I made a small step in talking about the past a little. I mean, we just touch on it a little bit, but we're able to this is like the first conversation I've had with my mom talking about my stepdad where we're able to make a joke about it. And even though we don't get into it too deep for me, it was like a therapy session with my mom. So it was just kind of a beautiful moment. And she's a funny lady who has the most horrific infrequent farts I've ever experienced in my life. (laughs) But I hope you guys enjoy this. This is a super special episode for me. Um, I'm sharing my family with you guys, my most prized treasures, the people that I care about the most and who know me the best. And I hope you appreciate that I'm being candid with you with um, people who are the most 
important people in my life. So I hope you appreciate that, motherfuckers. Here's Nancy Finley. Dig your something check 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 i think we're on your dog is a bitch mom i know she takes after my daughter emily you <gasps> i'm a bitch no no i'm just just saying <laughs> <laughs> you just called your daughter a bitch mom yeah well you comfortable okay. holding a microphone you used to no, do public speaking it's not that oh, come on you have to hold it like this though it's comfortable if you do this there you go make your arms like a a microphone stand. Didn't you used to do public speaking? Yeah. Were you nervous? Um, initially, yeah. But you're very well-spoken. How did you become so well-spoken? You, did you go to college? No. How did you become so smart? Uh, well, you don't have to be in college to be smart or go to college to be smart. Intelligence is intelligence, that's all. So you're admitting you're smart? Well, I think that I have the ability to use the English language to my advantage, and I think I do a pretty good job speaking. Some would beg to differ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would beg to differ. <laughs> How many books do you read a month? Oh, I don't know. A couple? At least a book a week, maybe two books a week. Are you Rain Man? That's a lot of reading. Uh, I like to read. I, I don't watch television all that much. Reading is my relaxation and my enjoyment. And and you keep a doc. You write down all the books that you read. Yes, I do. Every, <clears throat> every book you've ever read? Well, no, not every book I've ever read. I just started in. I don't even remember what year. I feel like you've been doing it for like ten years. Probably just about ten years. Writing down every book that you read. Mm-hmm. What kind? What are your favorites to read? Um, Stephen King books are among my favorite. I like. Uh, I think that's weird. You like to read Stephen King, but you don't like scary movies. Well, because. Stephen King isn't, he doesn't write about horror stuff. It's What'd not, you just call me? I said Stephen King doesn't write about horror stuff and, and that kind of thing. He writes about stuff that maybe could possibly happen. The, really? Like The Shining? The Shining could, could really happen. That little boy had, uh, he had the gift of seeing. Dead people? Dead people. Do you believe in ghosts? Mm-hmm. Not necessarily ghosts. I think I, I think I believe that sometimes the spirit or the soul of the people that have been in their lives and have passed might be around, might be nearby, but I, I don't really believe in ghosts. Have you ever experienced that? No. Mm-mm. You've never experienced anything scary? No. Mm-mm. No. You're too, you're logical. You'd find something, well, that that happened because of that. Well, I'd say, well, that couldn't possibly happen. But anyway, I like Stephen King books. Um, I read some of, I like some of Jodi Picoult's. Yeah, Picoult. What was the, the Time Traveler's Wife? Is it? Did she write that? No. What, what, what was Jodi Picoult? She's written a lot, and right now I can't think of an, uh, one is House Rules. You also like Jennifer Werner? Werner? Mm. In her shoes? Light stuff. Jennifer, Jennifer Warner is okay for that. You also used to read Daniel Steele. No. Mom, you have Daniel Steele books up in your room. No, I don't. I don't. I, I read years ago. I read one or two Daniel Steele books. I don't like her. Her stories You don't are, like that soft porn? No. <laughs> I mean, her stories aren't real either. Are they, are they like, what are they, like romantic novels? My mom used to read books by an author called Laverly Spencer. 
and she kept trying to get me to read them. My mother also liked Danielle Steele. I'm sure she My, read Grandma every read one. Yes. And she kept trying to push <laughs> these books by Laverly Spencer on me. And I said, Mom, I can't, I can't read these books. I can't relate to them because nobody has ever looked alluring at me. Oh, alluringly please. at me from across the crowded please. room. Please. <laughs> so. I've seen photos of you. You've got a photo of you in the fridge right now of you when you were in Miami. How old were you there? 20? Um, I think that was about 1970. And you have uh, a, bear, a bra on. And you also told me that with that outfit, with that bra, your long hair, your boobs are hanging out. And those pants, you said, had side cutouts. They were hip huggers. And they had the... It's a, like a bolero top, a okay. sleeveless like bolero vest. Okay, that ties together in the front with mm. the specifics, Donna with Karen. Two little with rings. Bolero. What does that mean? Uh, What's well, like a midriff top? Is a a midriff top is a, a bolero. And you mean to tell me nobody looked alluringly at you? No, please. You were a babe. <laughs> Guys still look at you like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Bob does. Yeah. How, so what, what were you doing in Miami? Was it vacation? Mm, yeah with your girlfriends no with my husband rich mm-hmm. your first husband yeah his shoulder see his see that suit jacket right next yeah, to yeah that's his shoulder that's him i just cut him out of the where picture. did you how old were you when you married him 24 23 24 God. and you're only married for two years about five years no kids nope. miss did you miscarry a boy no, i thought you'd no, miscarry. I no i never i never was pregnant until i was pregnant with Emily. Wait, so where where did you meet Rich, and why did he swoop, sweep you off your feet? I, I don't know if he swept me off my feet or not. I just kind of thought it was probably time to get married. At 24? Well, God, times are so different. It was quite a few years ago, honey. I was late, had to have children. I mean, I I turned 31 a couple of months after Emily was born. That was late. That yeah. was old. And so where did you meet Rich? Um, probably at a bar somewhere. You little floozy. Yeah. And then how long until... Actually, I don't think I did meet him at a bar. No, you met dad at a bar. He was, um, visiting a friend of his who lived in the same apartment building where I lived, and he introduced himself to me when... He must have been watching when I went out to my car or something. Oh, I'm sure he's looking at those hip huggers. I didn't have hip huggers on. Well, he probably imagined you in something. It was like, ooh, look at that little thing. He was cute. Why did it? Tall, why did, dark, handsome. Well, no wonder that's my type. I like a lumberjack. Why did it not work out with Rich? A lumberjack. Because um, I was really working a lot of hours and working hard and trying to make a life. Doing, and doing what? He got laid off and just decided to stay on unemployment and be party. a lazy bum? Be a lazy Ugh, bum. That's so unattractive. So that, you know. That just didn't really work. What were you doing for work at that point? So I was working at, at the insurance office. Oh, but making I was bank. Trying to. You were making bank then, making money. I well, I was beginning to when I was trying to take some courses so that I would be would qualify for you know a, a promotion and a raise and stuff like that. So. And then when did you meet Dad? Went with Rich. Right around well. Richie and I had separated, so it was right around that time that I met your dad. You met dad at a bar. Mm-hmm. He told me he met you at a bar, I'm and he didn't think what it was, what the name of it was. He said he'd use some pickup line on you, and it worked. 
He, he said did. He, he said... You remember what he said? Uh-huh. He said, well, it looks pretty good from the back. I oh. wonder what the front looks like, or the, if the front looks as good as the back, or something like that. <gasps> yeah, it was a real pickup line, but it worked. Uh, Mom! <laughs> Dad was cute. Uh, did he have bad skin then? Uh-huh. Did he have, like, active uh-huh. acne? Uh-huh. And you still thought he was cute? Uh-huh. You could see past all those pimples. Well, you know, he would get um, breakouts. It wasn't like he always had boils on his face or anything like that i can't believe we're going to have this this is people are going to hear this <laughs> talk about something other than the boils no let's keep talking face. about how dad used a total pickup line on you he said if it looks as good from the front as the back something like that no he you're right he he remembered that too and then you're and then was he funny and was he and, funny well i turned around and made some goofy face so was he funny with you did he make you laugh when you met him Mm, I don't know if he made me laugh. He tried to, probably, because, you know, he thinks he's funny. He does think he's funny. But I don't think he made me laugh a lot. So what was the charm of Dad, then? It was handsome. He was okay. He was okay? <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the place that we met. What oh, was Sammy Keys. Sammy, yes, he said Sammy Keys. That was where it was. And then he said he took you home that night. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, Mom! I know. What, what a floozy! I, I know whatever and then how and then you guys were together from that point on yeah what was dad doing when you met him he was a pain though i can't remember what he was doing whether he was selling real estate then i think he was selling real estate so and living in some cellar somewhere in a cellar yeah i can't remember whose house that was but it was a ranch we're in syracuse or not auburn here so when i met him I think he I think he, he took me to his friend's apartment. I don't think that your dad lived there. You'll have to ask him. I don't think That's so. That's interesting. I think cuz I called him Jean Valjean. He lived in somebody's <laughs> who's cellar. Who the fuck is Jean Valjean? <laughs> the guy from Les Misérables. Uh, Mais Les Misérables. Les Misérables. He's the the guy who the main character? Mhm. I just I only saw the movie. I don't know the play. Well, Did you see the movie? I read the book. Oh, excuse me. The movie with Hugh Jackman? No. I don't know if Hugh Jackman was the actor. I didn't see the movie. He was the I main read actor. the book. He was the actor. Oh. The main guy. Well, then that's who he was. You should see the movie. It's pretty damn entertaining. Huh. Did you see the play? No. Do you remember when we went to... Um, the What play did we go to in New York? We went to... <laughs> we went to West Side Story. Remember we went to West Side Story? We got wine. We got wine drunk. And... We, we bo- didn't really like West Side Story. We didn't Story wa- like West Side Story. Because it was a Latin version or something. You were like, this is too Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I feel like we were at the Spanish version of the West Side Story. Yes, that's what it was. It was Latino. Like, it was like Latino week. And it was overly Spanish. It wasn't like half no. and half because she was from the Spanish side and he was Italian, right? Mm-hmm. So they didn't, it was more Spanish than it was like down the middle. And we were like, are we in. I know it was it really, Are that we wasn't all that good. Is this Brazilian? What's happening? I didn't care for it all that much. It wasn't that good. Okay. Did, what other plays have you seen on Broadway? You love Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I can't even tell you what I saw. I think one of the, one of my favorite ones was ABBA. With, with the, what, oh, the band? It was mm-hmm. called ABBA? Mm-hmm. It was just all their music? Mm-hmm. And somebody actually just wrote a play around their music. God. It wasn't like the story of them. 
It sounds horrible. It was a play, but it was really good because I liked the music. It, it was good. Horrible. It was very enjoyable. Abba, when I hear Abba, I want to drill into my skull. Well. You like those slow rock. You like slow jams. I like slow jams because of you because you used to drive me to school every morning. Do you remember that? Yes. And we used to listen to, you still listen to the same station, 94.5. Was it the station that you listened to when we drove to school? It might have been, but now it's different. It's a combination of three or four different stations. Yeah, but back then it was soft rock. It was yeah, Doobie what Brothers. Play now is oldies. Oh, on that station? Uh-huh. What did you get down to? Like, did you go out dancing with your friends back in the day? Yep. Where did you, you was it like disco? Was single? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the dog. Yeah. Why? On that. Why do you feel like the dog? On that YouTube thing. <laughs> that YouTube <Yeah>. video. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that video is so funny. So yes. then, how long were you and dad together? Um... Just about 15 years. Jesus. And then Emily came first. The bitch came first. And I was your California baby. You said I was your California baby. Emily was a tough... She was... A demon. Colicky, and she was a tough... Demon. Little girl. Say she's a a demon. She wasn't a demon. She was close to a demon. She was hard, hard to deal with. She didn't want anyone to hold her, right? No, she liked to be held. By other family members? Mm-hmm. Really? She was good, good with that? Mm-hmm. She wasn't the baby that always wanted to go back to mom? Mm-mm. But I was Mm-mm. I was chill, right? Mm-hmm. California baby? Yep. You called me your California baby? I did. And you called Emily unwanted? <laughs> <laughs> not once. Not ever. Not ever. Not once. Why was I your California baby? Because you, you were just relaxed and laid back and... You were easy to take care of and easy to pacify. And Was I cute? You were very cute. You think I was cute, Mom. I was not cute. What? You were cute. You still are cute. You've I'm always cute been cute. I'm now. I'm so cute now. On a scale of 1 to 10, how cute am I? Cute. That's not, that's not on the scale, though. 12. <gasps> I was thinking more of like a 37, but we'll wow. go with 12. I was so cute. I don't think I was a cute baby, though. I have to say, I looked at photos of me, and I don't think I was cute. I oh, think I looked were. like, who's that director that I always say I look like? You said Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> I think that's what you said you always Emily was like. a cute baby. She had those rosy cheeks, the dark hair. She had your widow, your widow's peak. Is that what you call when your hair or comes her, to a her point? Her naturally curly hair. Naturally curly hair. She had a vampire's peak. She was cute, but she was a devil. I looked horrific, but I was so sweet. No, you were very cute. You were just saying that because you're my mom. You think you weren't cute when you were an infant, when you were a baby, when before you got hair. When you got when you got hair, you oh, have to look cute. at those pictures. You were adorable. Game changer. <laughs> it was the bald part of it that <laughs> was I you goofy? didn't care for. Was I a goofy kid? Like now now knowing what I do for a living, does it all make sense? I you were goofy. <clears throat> Did you think I had attention you were problems? Very mischievous. I was a little devil. Um, you were, you listened, you behaved, but you kept finding ways of getting into things that, you know, you hadn't before. So it was, the dogs are barking. Bob is back. It was always a test. I always tested you. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you were funny. Was I funny as like a little kid? I can remember um, one time when you were probably about three ish i can't remember i can't pinpoint the exact so 20 years ago 
was in the afternoon. I was tired. So I was just trying to rest, lay on the couch and rest. And you didn't, you know, you didn't want to take a nap. So I, w I was just trying to just, you know, close my eyes because I d didn't feel good. I was tired. I had a headache. And, you, you know, I figured you would just be there and play quietly. And you came up around the arm of the couch where my head was, and you said, I'll get you yet, you rascally rabbit. <laughs> that was the first, I think that was the first time that I can remember you doing something like that to make, <laughs> to make somebody laugh. I did it so, to make you laugh? I think so. <laughs> did it work? Yeah. <laughs> that was Elmer Fudd? It was Elmer Fudd. Three years old? I think when you were about three. That is so cute. So... You know, you started by copying people and doing impersonations and those kinds of things. You used to have me do things. impressions. I remember doing impressions as a child. I don't do impressions now, but I remember you asking me to do impressions. Well, because you did them, and I can't remember. I mean, George Bush. One that you did the before Reverend. George Bush. We called you Reverend Jesse Brown. Mm. What was it? Reverend Jesse something. I remember that. Reverend. Yes. Jesse May, I yeah. think. And you sounded like, and I can't remember the actual evangelical <laughs> minister, but that's what you were doing. You, and I, I don't know, I'm thinking you might have been what, eight? Eight years old. Eight years Where did old? I learn that? And you would, you know, do the whole heel and. <laughs> the, I'm exercising the demons. Yeah. So, yeah, you did that. And then you did to George Bush. Who I didn't even know. I still don't know who he is, really. Nobody does. <laughs> do you remember I used to, Emily and I were talking about this. Do you remember I used to go in your closet and put one of everything on and come I out? remember that you used to do that when I wasn't here. <laughs> because I would only find the evidence of it later when things were missing <gasps> awry. Oh my God, I used to go through your shit all not the time. Not where they were supposed to. You still do. I do not. You still do. I do not. I organize. Yeah. I organize. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I straighten things up. But I used to go through your shit all the time. I and remember as I found soon your as you leave, I put stuff right back where they you were. You shouldn't, Mom. <laughs> I remember I found a stack of your Playgirls. You had Burt Reynolds, a fold-out of Burt Reynolds, Mom. I still have that. Gross. It was, you know, that was a, a game-changing magazine. For your life? No, I just... <laughs> For it was for women. For women, yeah, feminists and for men. Men didn't pose well f in magazines that women would be looking at. Maybe men posed in magazines for men. Yeah, but I don't. They didn't do it for women. But not women. And you have a fold out of Burt Reynolds. I think we should frame that. Can I have it? And I think Sylvester Stallone. Oh, he's got to have a hog. Does he have a hog? I don't remember. Wait, it, was it Sylvester Stallone? No, no it wasn't. Some other guy. That it was, was some other uh, Dago. Um, some other an, chooch. Uh, yeah, an actor. Did they pose naked? Builder. Burt Reynolds was naked, Mom. Uh -huh. well, He's it crazy. Looks like they're naked. Well, you can't see anything because there's so much goddamn hair. Yeah. It looks like a Discovery Channel's. <laughs> looks like a special on apes, like an like an advertisement for that. Yeah, I'll put those. I'll I'll leave those to you in in my will. Mom, don't talk about that. <laughs> Why are you always talking? You're always dividing stuff up every time I come home. Who wants the cookie jars? I'm going to leave them. I'm going to throw them out. You want the place settings? You're always trying to get rid of shit. Don't do that. I'm going to. Mom, I don't like that. Okay. I used to steal your shit. Emily and I, we got, I think we got along okay. Did you ever want a boy? No. Never? 
No, I never thought that I would be um, a very good mother for boys. Why? Because I'm not a sports person at all. Yeah, but both of us were athletic. We played sports. I know you were. We were boys. We were tomboys. I know you were, but I just felt that I would be a better mother of girls. That's interesting. Than of boys. But, you know, I'm from a family of girls, so maybe that's why I you felt have a, You have way. a lot of girls in your family. And you guys grew up in a... You Did you spend a lot of your time in a farmhouse? Mm-hmm. With the chickens and the cattle? Well, we just had a couple of cows when I was in... Where, when I was real little, we were on a dairy farm. <laughs> Do you realize how funny my name sounds? Jessie Mae Peluso? I don't think it's funny. Well, it sounds like... Like, I say it's like a gangster hillbilly. Because well, Dad's last name... Well, you're not Jessie Mae. Your name is Jessica. Mom, you don't tell everyone my Jessie goddamn May. government name. <laughs> you called me Jesse May. You and Dad called me Jesse May. I didn't create that. You guys did. But you've promoted it. Yes. You guys said that. <clears throat> Jesse May. That's what you used to call me. Mm-hmm. And Emily Lou. Oh, wait, no, you're Nancy Lou. Emily Jane. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm named after Grandma Doris's middle name. Yes. And then... When when did you and Dad split? How old were Emily and I? Not I was not nine. Emily was fourteen. So I was nine, ten, almost ten, almost ten. And then you moved the neighbor's dad in. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it, you know keep it in the neighborhood. <laughs> keep it in the neighborhood. You know, if you're gonna move anyone else in, it might as well be somebody in the neighborhood. You're that is smart. He's just a neighbor. He's not a stranger. <laughs> And he turned out to be a disaster. Yeah. Aren't you happy he's out of your life now? Yes. Oh, my God. I thought he was never going to leave. Mom, it does, it's fine. My mom just whispered, don't name names. <laughs> Aren't you happy he's out of your life? Yes, I am. Obviously. You're so, you look so much younger now. Well, that's probably because I'm not smoking anymore. No, but there's, the stress is gone as well. And now you have Bob. Look at Bob. And you met Bob in a bar, too. <laughs> Right? Yeah. What bar did you meet Bob in? Riley's here in Syracuse. Last year. It's been a year. A s- last summer. Mm-hmm. And what did he say? What was that in exchange? I started the conversation because he came, uh, I was sitting at the bar and he came and sat next to me. And uh, he, he had ordered dinner and he said to the bartender that he wanted some wine, but he wasn't sure what, you know, what he, what he wanted. And I'm trying to think. What is that sweet white wine? Riesling. No, sweeter than that. Um, Moscato? Rosé? Moscato, I think it was. Is that a sweet white wine? Yeah. And he had ordered a chicken dish. So he he said, maybe that. And I said, you don't want, you don't want to order. I mean, I was over. Already telling him what to do. I was listening to the conversation. I said, you don't want to have that wine with chicken. I said, here, have, have a taste of mine. Ooh, have a have a taste so of my had dish. A taste of my wine, and Emily's friend Susie was sitting on the other side of me, and she kept going like this, you know, trying to nudge me to t- have a conversation with him. So um, I turned. He did order that wine, and his food came. I wasn't talking to him during that period of time when his food came and everything, and so I said to him, I turned it to him again, and I said something like, um, "I normally don't let." people drink 
wine from my glass unless I know their name. So well, you look at you with the moves, Nancy. Yeah, you know, look at you picking up men at bars. I know, I know. And what did he say? What else are you supposed to do with them? <laughs> You're smart. You pick them up at the bars and you have them clean your house and fix shit. Yeah. And what did he say? You guys just started talking. We just started talking. And he hasn't left. Well, he did leave a couple of times. Yeah, like twice. Florida. He's been like he's. You must have. We have magical vaginas. I'm convinced. Oh my god! I didn't want to talk about vaginas. <laughs> you know what I say when people ask where I'm from? If people go, "Where are you from?" I say, "My mom's vagina. It's near West Virginia. Very beautiful in the summertime." That's what I say to them. You have to say it really fast. My mom's vagina near West Virginia, and they mm. go, "What? <laughs> where are you from?" <laughs> And now you're with Bob, and you're happy with Bob. Uh-huh. Did I surprise you coming home this time? You did. I don't like surprises. Oh. I mean, as far as surprises go, it was a wonderful surprise. But I don't. I'm not big on surprises. I like to be in control. You like to, you like to be in control, happening. and you like to know the details. You're very detail oriented with so your I lists, can, so I can plan. So you can plan because <laughs> you were texting me, "Hi, I'd like to know when you're coming home. I need to plan." <laughs> That's what you because I was trying to, you know, I never get to surprise you. I know we have to. You have to bring me to the airport. Are you sad? Yes. Well, you're going to see me. I'm going to be home for two weeks for Thanksgiving. Oh my God, two weeks, Mom. Oh, you better make me cream a wheat. Mm. Maybe you didn't make me. What did you make me this time when I was home? Did you make me any food? What did I make you? Yeah. Did you serve me at all? Yeah. What? Well, you know, we had company every night for dinner. We did. It was a. It was an animal house here. So I made a pie that nobody, you didn't eat. And we'd bring it to a bar, probably. You, you could pick up another stuff. guy. I eat healthy stuff, Mom. And I made macaroni salad. Oh, that's I right. You did make macaroni salad. I, I didn't need salad. to make anything. We had so much food. We did. But next time I go home, I expect cream of wheat. Well, I'll show you where the box is. No, Mom. I can't make it the same. <laughs> you have to take care of me and love me and scratch my back. <laughs> I always try and get under your fingernails so you can nudge me. I'm it's, like a yes, dog. You, you do. But you make me feel like you don't want to give it to whine. me. I know, because I love your nails are so long. It feels so good. Mm. Mm. <laughs> 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 We're so much alike, aren't we? Aww. Do you have any joke that you like? A bar no, joke? I don't. No, I don't. You have a joke. I don't have jokes. You don't have a what? Like a one-liner? Mm-mm. Well, I do. Tell me. This Irishman walked out of a bar. Uh-huh. No, really, it, it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're sweet and to the point. Well, do you want to say anything to these people? It was a short interview, but during the holidays, I'm going to get a longer one with you. Thank you for being uh, a fan of Jessie's and for putting up with her and listening. Putting up with her? <laughs> Mom! It's not a compliment. <laughs> and following her on her whatever this is podcast podcast do you want to say anything about you about me yeah about being very proud of you or i don't know about did how you have you something in mind? what do you think your cute rating is i don't i on a scale of one to don't ten. think that i'm cute anymore mom you gotta stop <laughs> you're cute are you kidding me i don't feel that i'm cute you need well you need to flip the script oh okay you're cute all right i'll give you about a would you give me a 12 i'll give you an 11 Oh, I'm not as cute as you. <laughs> well, that says a lot right there. I will definitely have some other things planned should you choose to interme- interview me again. Mom, 
No. <laughs> All right. Well, I love you. I love you too, babe. Bye. Bye. Is it over now? Do you know how? Pick up the pieces and go home. I mean, is she adorable? Do you guys see where I get it from? That sarcastic, slightly sardonic, dry sense of humor. Nancy Finley, a.k.a. Nancy, um, I forget what her first husband's last name was, a.k.a. Nancy, her second husband's name that she didn't want me to say, a.k.a. Nancy Peluso from Joey P, a.k.a. now Nancy is Bob's girlfriend. <laughs> Bob. I didn't get a chance to talk to Bob. He's he's a quite a colorful character in my mother's life, so hopefully I can get him on the horn during the holidays because he is a funny son of a bitch. He's a very charismatic man, a total dichotomy to her last boyfriend, like a like a, a one eighty from or her last husband from Steve. He's a just a totally different person, just a, a very fun guy. I like him for her, and he treats her well, and he takes care of her. So. That's good. And I love, like, my, my sister and I have this thing about my mom. My mom has a few catchphrases. Like, you, if you have sisters or siblings and you have parents that, you know, you make fun of, usually there are some catchphrases that your parents always say. And with my mom, it's just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. And she kind of says it to cap off, you know, a rude comment or something like, you know, when she's being a little bit sassy, she'll just be like, well, I'm just saying. And I love that in this interview, three, not even three minutes in, she gets a just saying in there. She gets a just saying. She pops it right in. She did two things that is typical Nancy. Goes, I'm just saying. And then she's always injured. My mother's very accident prone. I think that's where I get it from. I thought I got it from my father, but I get it from my mother. Now, my mother is very, you know, she's sick. She has lupus and has a lot of um, skin issues that are associated with that and flare-ups and such. But that aside, you know, just the micro... She's just like, the microphone's heavy. All right, Nancy, let's calm down. It's not that heavy. You know when you get your parents get to an older age and they just complain? Everything's too much? I can't. I just... I can't hold the microphone. Just, oh my God. This woman. This woman's going to be... Is the bane of my existence. <laughs> You know, and she's a very, very smart woman. She did not go to college, and she is one of the smartest women I know that is, edu you know, quote-unquote, un-college educated. She literally, she sometimes she's read two books in a week. She reads like four a month, and, and she does crosswords every day. She's very quick, and you don't realize she's quick because she has a dry sense of humor. So she comes at you with these little daggers that hit you right in your abdomen, and you didn't realize they were coming because she's so sarcastic about it. But I just, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad she did it. I really didn't think Nancy was going to man up and talk to me. I am surprised, man. And I think it's funny that if you listen to my sister's episode from last week, my sister always had this little BJ list, like, like her sex list. I literally, when I was a kid, I would find little post-its and my sister would list things she did with whatever guy it would say like eric blowjob tom in the butt you know jerry hand job in a car i mean those weren't listen i'm just spitballing here i'm not saying those those are specifics <laughs> but i just think it's funny that my sister had a bj list and my mom had a book list how far shot is that huh yeah 
good good for Emily. Emily went to college. Your pride and joy. She's got a list of BJ's, Nancy. She she took she took after her mom, but she took it south. Cause you had your book list and your daughter has her BJ list. I think it's hilarious. I can't get over it. It's my favorite thing in the whole wide world. And my mom used to read Daniel Steele novels. If you don't know what those are, they're those like those like uh those novels that were written and they're just all about like it's like softcore porn it's basically like the 80s version of um great what is it 50 shades of gray that's what daniel Steele novels were and the covers were always these like overly romantic paintings of like a guy in a billowy white shirt that's unbuttoned down to his navel and some girl wrapped around his thigh on her knees and she's like in a shitty ripped dress my mom had a whole bucket of those books don't let her fool you I didn't read Daniel Steele. Okay, Nance. No, you didn't? Okay. Truth be told, your daughter knows because she used to go snooping through all your shit. And the Playgirls. Oh, my God. The Burt Reynolds centerfold. Holy fuck. That had to scar me. That had to scar. I literally, I remember opening it up and seeing Burt Reynolds' dick. It looked like a turkey baster coming out of a bush. And just not knowing what it was, I was just staring at it because I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it makes me feel fuzzy in my no-no place. She had a whole stack of Playgirls, and she still has them. I would go through all of her shit, man. That woman, she's something. Nancy's special. She's really special. I'm, I really want to. I really want to frame that Burt Reynolds centerfold and put it above my bed. How fucking funny would that be? <laughs> if I had a naked centerfold of Burt Reynolds from the 80s oh my god and now I have to do it now I fucking I can't stop thinking about I have to do it I'm gonna have to I can't even handle it oh god I'm so glad that hair became less trendy just let I'm not I don't want it all gone because I like you know we're animals still we have a you know we are evolved from animals Sorry, church people, but it's true. Um, so I like to have a little bit of hair, to, you know, just to tie us to that animalistic side. But damn, I'm so glad it's not like Bob Ross hair anymore. Holy shit. The fro has to go. Leave a little, just like a little field. A fresh, just like a little bit, you know. You can, um, you can, you can putt off of it. Just like a little putt-putt lawn. That's all. Maybe a little less. You know, just a little. I'm not a 12-year-old. Let's just make that an uh, indicator. Um, yeah, so that was Nancy. That was Nancy Finley slash Peluso slash three other names that she had. Poor woman trying to find a, trying to get her a um, passport is a pain in the ass because she, she looks like a goddamn Russian spy with all the names that she's had. Nope, she's just made shitty choices in men. That's all. Okay, U.S. government, let her get, let her get a passport so I can take her to goddamn Barbados with me. I actually this week I watched a lot of movies that's one thing I got under my belt because I had some time off I finally watched Mad Max with Charlize Theron and Tom Hardy Tom Hardon god damn he's a beautiful man he's got a great mouth I couldn't stop looking at his lips his lips look like what Kylie Jenner is going for but they look good on him because they're natural and he's a man he's so Tom Hardon that's his new name for me. God damn, he's hot. The only thing that bothered me, like it's this 
post-apocalyptic world, right? And everyone's fighting for gas and Mad Max and it's just, you're barbaric and everyone's thirsty as fuck and there's desert. Wouldn't people be more sexual then? I mean, I know everyone's starving, hungry, and thirsty, but wouldn't you at least resort to one thing that you can control and that's fucking? I was really upset that Charlize and Mad Max didn't fuck. But I guess you can sell more tickets at the box office if you don't have sex because then parents can bring their kids. But... I mean, I lived in New York City for nine years, and that never stopped like any of the young mothers from bringing their children to to horror movies. I can't tell you how many times I went to movie theaters, and like all different parents would bring their children because they couldn't find a babysitter, and there's just swearing and fucking and gore going on. So there's there's a little bit of an issue here for me because I really wanted to see Charlize and Tom Hardy get their greasy oil bang on in her sweet ass truck. That movie was kick ass. Women busting ass? Fuck yes. I'm all about it. What else did I watch? I watched um, Creep, which is kind of like a... It's an independent film. It's a thriller. And it's shot handicam style, kind of like Blair Witch Project, paranormal activity style, where it's you know shot by the person. It feels like you're watching a home video. It's creepy. It's called Creep. Check it out. I think it's on demand. It might be in the movie, in some movie theaters, but it's a little disturbing. It definitely is. And then, like I was saying before the interview on Labor Day, I hung out with Tom Thomas Dale, Marcella, and Justin Martindale, and we watched The Monster Squad. If any, this is from the '80s. It was one of my favorite fucking movies as a little kid. It is so so good. It's on Netflix, and it's dated. Like the the special effects are so bad but it's so good because it's like it's deeply rooted in my past and in my childhood so there's this like strong nostalgic feeling when I watched it and then we watched a documentary that I've seen before that I highly recommend to anyone especially people who are judgmental and don't who to people who make judgments on gay people, on drag queens, on transgender people, and they don't know history. They don't know anything other than what they see and what they judge in front of their eyes. And it's called Paris is Burning. And it's a documentary about the birth of these balls that they would have, these drag queen balls that they would have. And it, shh, guys, see my dogs are like, having issues now with drag queens. You guys don't like drag queens? Carlin, why are you trying to bark? Get back in your, go. Let's calm down. Shh, shh. Everyone, I'm trying to talk about Ru- RuPaul and you guys are bugging out. Fozzie, shh. Are you gonna die or bark? Pick one, cause you can't do both. Or maybe you can, maybe one will cause the other. Carlin, get in your bed. I'm trying to talk about drag queens. Please stop interrupting me, go. Paris is burning. It's all about the it, like the 80s and they would do these balls where drag queens and, and anybody who wanted to come and sort of sashay and, and be in the limelight for a minute and they had all these different categories and you realize that all these, the, uh, so much terminology that we use today came from them back then. It really is the birth of a whole generation and, uh, and just a, a whole movement of transgender gay bisexual 
lesbian. It just, it was a place where these people could go and feel like they're accepted and feel like they're special and have, you know, a, a stage or platform to show their real colors that they couldn't show in society because they were so judgmented and, you know, shunned from being who they were because they didn't fit into society's mold of what a person should be. And especially in the eighties in in Harlem, if you were gay, you were, you'd get murdered. People were murdered. People were killed over just being who they were. And, and that's a struggle that nobody can understand. And I, and I mean, I would like Kate, Caitlyn Jenner should watch this fucking documentary. You know, she, she was like, I want to be a woman. She snapped her fingers and she was a woman for a lot of these people who, live as a transgender and can't afford the surgery they go years struggling in a body they don't feel comfortable with and Caitlin can snap her fingers and afford a surgery that a lot of people lose their lives over trying to attain and trying to get and, and essentially never get because they just don't have the means to and, and they're forced to live in a way where they're judged even more because they don't look the part. So Paris is, is burning is a great documentary. It's eye opening. It's fun. It's funny. The characters in it are just, you know, really the centrifugal force behind this idea of, of what these, how these people are and, and it, they're just people. And it's just kind of really dope to see, that and see into it's like a insider's view into that culture and into what they went through and and how they think and feel so it it was dope Paris is burning highly recommended maybe don't ask your grandma to watch it you know what I'm saying she might be a little bit offended (laughs) but you know what maybe have you know what fuck that have your grandma watch it open her eyes so she doesn't get so so she's not so judgmental anymore they're just people okay Kim Davis you dumb cunt. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. Shay comes from reading. Reading came first. Reading is the real art form of insults. Touch this skin, darling. Touch this skin, honey. Touch all of this skin, okay? You just can't take it. You're just an overgrown orangutan. You get in a smart crack and everyone laughs and kikis because you found a flaw and exaggerated it, then you've got a good read going. I don't tell you you're ugly, but I don't have to tell you because you know you're ugly. And that's shade. If you're married, a woman in a suburb, a regular woman, is married to her husband and she wants him to buy her a washer and dryer set. In order for him to buy that, I'm sure she'd have to go to bed with him anyway to give him what he wants for her to get what she wants. So, in the long run, it all ends up the same way. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.